At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe, you're up. Welcome. We're unapologetically progressive, and we don't black down. And we are your information station if you're trying to get it together for this election. KBLA1580.com. All of the conversations with candidates are there on our landing page, easily sorted out so you can figure out. You don't have to listen to all. You can listen to one race, one uh, proposition. It's there for you, kbla1580.com. As we continue that mission, uh, we have a man in studio right now who is striving to be the council member for District 8, uh, the district currently, the seat currently occupied by council member Marquise Harris Dawson. He's a real estate broker, a native of L.A., and um, he says he's established himself as a prominent figure in the real estate industry and an active member of his community, born and raised in L.A. Uh, he says he experienced the challenges and opportunities of the city firsthand. Jahan Epps, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for coming in. So you're a real estate guy. You also are a supporter of Challengers Boys and Girls Club. You've been a coach. Yes. Why Why swap to politics? Can I say real quick just on the thank you? Absolutely. Um, thank you for helping me check off a L.A. bucket list for me because being interviewed by Dominique Duprima is a thing. Yay. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember street science. Okay, I've listened okay. to the Tupac album for all the people a little younger than me. If you never heard To Live and Die in L.A., I've heard the you know, so... This is a this is L.A. checklist for me. I'm happy to say I'm, I'm able to sit down with you today and uh, oh, that's have awesome. this experience. Thank you. Thank you for um, saying so. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Go back to your question. I'm sorry. Um, why swap from the, you know, the world of coaching and, and real estate to politics? Um, it was more so about being able to have an effect and change on my community and doing the things that I could do within my reach. And um, I feel like I've accomplished and done a lot of the things that I wanted to do at the level that I was on. And I wanted to be able to increase increase my reach and uh, be able to help more people and do more things. And uh, I just thought the best way to do that at this time was, you know, make a run for politics. Mm. Yeah. City council district sounds like a small thing, but it's quarter of a million people. Absolutely. It's bigger than a lot of cities like running for mayor. Um, why start there? Why not, you know, school board or I don't know, neighborhood council or something? Well, I see a lot of things going on in Los Angeles, especially in our district, a lot of improvement, a lot of changes. And it's a lot of and I'm going to say us because, you know, prior to me running and putting my name in a hat a year ago, I was a us, you know, um, we wanted to feel like we had an advocate and wanted to be uh, included in the changes and included and, in, you know, have some equity in what's going on. And I feel like my constituents, myself included, we don't feel like we. You know, it is a there's a growing sentiment that we're losing our city and we're losing, you know, stronghold. And um, of course, I always say we want to welcome in the new without pushing out the old. So it's about, you know, establishing that, making everybody feel like we have an advocate. Um, I'm reachable. I'm accessible. And if there's something that's going wrong in this district, um, we could have a conversation about it and try to get to those solutions. Some people feel like there's already too much influence of real estate on the LA, LA City Council. I mean, certainly if you look at people like like the, the fall of Jose Wizard's directly connected to real estate corruption developers. Uh, and there are people, myself included, okay. who have said we shouldn't have developer money even being allowed to be in council races. How will that be? How would your real estate background be a good thing for those who are concerned about gentrification and such uh, as opposed to a problem? Um, because I understand the problem better, right? Because I've uh, helped a lot of um, 
citizens and constituents buy homes, and, I, and I've helped to try to qualify a lot of them. And I know the who doesn't qualify. I know why they don't qualify. I know the hangups they get caught up on. And I think more than anything else, we have an affordable uh, financing problem, right? It's not as much the housing as the do we have affordable financing for everybody. And we've had banks that have been caught in scandals lately, Navy Federal Credit Union for their lending practices, right. Wells Fargo. So there's only two ways to pay for anything, and that's with credit. You know, you borrowing the money, are you paying out of pocket? Since most of us don't have that type of money out of pocket, at some point we have to have equal uh, opportunity and uh, access to affordable financing. But of course, a lot of South LA are renters too. Mm-hmm. Well, again, let me talk. Let's we can address the renting, right? And I think a lot of them would not be renters if they had access to affordable financing because we know rent typically is higher than what a mortgage is. They say that if you're paying rent, you're most likely paying somebody's mortgage off, right? And most of us, I'm you know I'm a landlord myself. I don't want to buy a building, you know, and have to pay another thousand dollars or two or three or four hundred dollars to have to uh, supplement the rent for because the rent is not making enough income so what happens when you own when you pay rent over time what happens to rent over time yeah it goes up it goes up right what does a mortgage do over time uh well property taxes go up property taxes <laughs> go up but the mortgage itself does what right. it goes it's, down right yeah it could if you're yeah if, if you're, you're, you're paying it off if you have a decent loan and you're diligent yes, yes. so the this one is never going to get you off the ride right. 10 years later the other one 10 years later will get you off the ride so it's that you know education process it's the access to affordable housing is access to all of those things and circling it back to your question about real estate um, me being in real estate and dealing with uh, homeowners and having to break a single mother's heart or uh, a family, you know, families, small family who wants to get their foot in the door, have to break their heart to tell them they can't qualify. Or we can't fi- find financing for them. I've experienced it enough to kind of know what the problems and the pitfalls are and then try to help put things in place to address and deal with. What would you say are your policy priorities? What are the top two or three things you're proposing? Uh, top one is economic empowerment. And that goes along with all of those things we say, where I'm saying now is just the financing and things. As I drive down these different streets, Western, Crenshaw, uh, Normandy, Manchester, Vermont, there's a lot of boarded up commercial buildings, right? That in other areas, if we were in Culver City, if we were in Venice, they would be booming with businesses, right? They would never sit for that long empty. So that is just signs of a stagnant economy that we don't have those things you know, filled and up or and redlining and or racism and or weirdo landlords that, you know, are waiting for us to get pushed out and gentrified out. All of those things. Right. Yeah. But it still stagnates our economy. Right. We don't have businesses and people to patronize and even the places to go to recycle our money. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. how do you fix it, though? Well, one, you have to empower. You have to give financing and, and uh, two, or, and push for financing and grants and things of the sort to people who want to occupy those spaces. I've um, had to be in a space to where I've rented out one of those spaces or, you know, for my businesses. And like you said, these, these spaces have been beyond repair for a long period of time, right? So there's a cost associated, associated with that. Either the landlord has to go in and fix everything out of his pocket, and we know what construction costs could be, or the renter has to do that. And so if the landlord are stuck, stuck their boots in the ground or their heels in the ground that they're not going to fix, and most people cannot come in and afford to do forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 worth of construction and renovations before they occupy a brick and mortar. So we have a gap in between to where we have to you know, fix that, and we have to put some pressures on these long-term landlords to either 
um, you know, get these places up to code and nice looking so they're available for our, our people to be able to use or sell them. Yeah. What about the corporate landlords? <laughs> they're the same. You know, we don't want any slumlords around here. If they're not doing good, if they're not uh, fixing up their buildings and they're, you know, bringing our, our society down, then that's something that has to be addressed. I mean, it's, I know it wouldn't be in your district Absolutely. if elected, but the giant downtown uh, graffiti towers, mm-hmm. you know, um, th- that's a that's an example. The developer runs out of money. To me, they should be, you know, museums that you know are low income housing. They should be seized through eminent domain. But how how would what I don't would you I don't do? disagree with that. I think um you know, and that's where the real estate experience come on. You see how because you see how a lot of the questions you asking are real estate based. I do understand a eminent domain. I understand the laws in that scenario, and I understand some of the problems that it caused. So I think I would be a good person. Um. You know, actually maybe a great person to sit in on some of these conversations and have a real conversation about how to fix these things and how to get some of these long buildings uh, up and running again. And uh, maybe in the hands of uh, certain community members who care, care more about them. Do you consider yourself uh, a Democrat, a Republican, a, a progressive, a liberal, a conservative? You know, that's kind of hard because I don't really like titles. Uh, I'm a type of person that just, you know. But I, you want the title of city council yeah, person. Well, yeah. <laughs> you want that title. <laughs> that's true. When I say titles, it's, it, it may be categories. You know, it's, okay. I really listen to comments since I was raised. Uh, I'm going to say raised, but grew up Democrat, you know, most of my whole life. Like uh, most of us, it's a heavy Democrat area. But. I lean across the line at times. I ran bipartisan for that reason, just to let people know that more than anything, I'm, I'm listening to reason and common sense. Right. And if something makes sense, I am not going to worry about party lines and titles and all of those other things. I'm just looking for solutions that's going to work for all of us. OK, we're talking with Jahan Epps. He wants your vote for Council District 8, Los Angeles City Council. Continuing the conversation when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. We're talking with Jahan Epps. He is a candidate for Council District 8 and a real estate broker. And folks in the chat got questions, got thoughts. Um, and Link wants to know, what do you know about city government? I guess he's on. He's looking on YouTube because he says you remind him of Music Soul Child. <laughs> and he said you'd be replacing a legend in the city council. What do you know about city government? Um, music Soul Child, that's funny. I want to say, <laughs> by the way, I did wear this hat because it's a local brand. Um, I like to give shout outs to local black owned brands when I can. It's Thread House. So okay. there's a purpose to that. It's um, a Wealth Building Wednesday. Absolutely. It's here. Wealth Building Wednesday. So shout out to them. Check them out online. Um, you know what? Uh, city city council or says city government in general. City government in general. City yeah. government. Um, I am not the most experienced there, obviously, because I haven't got into uh, city government yet. This is my first time getting in. I do keep myself abreast of matters, and I also uh, have an understanding of what, uh, what's going on and, and what we need. But, you know, the funny thing about politics, and I feel like this question is always going to come, if you're a new politician, you don't have the experience. If you're an older politician, uh, you're, you're not in touch with everybody. And if you're a tenured politician, you're corrupted. So no matter what spectrum I come in from, there's always, in my opinion, going to be uh, uh, you know, some knock. But as far as just to address the question and answer it fully, I am, uh, I will admit that I am a little uh, new to city politics, but doesn't mean that I can't be successful at it. Um, Jamal wants to know um, who, 
what and who from what party has made common sense to you. You said you don't like labels, mm-hmm. um, and he's you go by common sense. So he wants to know what who's making sense in politics. Um, I've, 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 I mean, just like I said, all my life I've leaned more towards Democrat, and I've always kind of voted Democrat. So if I have to take a label, that's the one I would take for sure. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm open to good ideas all the way around, and so that's why I, I kind of like to try to. Sherry Bell wants to know if you're pro-low income or pro-public housing. Uh, pro-low income or pro-public housing. Um, I mean, I, that's not an either-or. Mm-hmm. Are you pro-low income? I guess, like, how would you be an advocate for low-income folks? And do you think public housing is a good idea? Two questions. Um, public housing is a little difficult. I don't think it's worked as well over the years. I find it better to empower um, people individually to get their kind of, I guess you can say piece of the pie. And that's why my, my focus is more so on, um, you know, bringing those people up. That's why I'm running on first and foremost, economic empowerment, you know, because I would like to think instead of, uh, setting the bar low, I would like to bring people up to, you know, a bar that they can all enjoy a good standard of living. Um, and what about advocating for low income folks? I mean, you say you empower people, but what kinds of programs or, or policies do you see? Um, yeah, well, I mean, we'd have to um, definitely uh, uh, advocate for low income folks. I've uh, dealt with certain programs. They give a lot of grants for housing and things of the sort at this point in time. Um, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, to be specific, I've worked with. And they have a lot of programs now that that are government funded where they will pay for your down payment. They'll pay for your closing costs. And um, like I said, most of these even low income housing, the rent is so high out here that they are paying equivalent to a mortgage. So a lot of times they just need not a handout, but a help, you know, or help or, or advocacy and things of the sort. So I think part of empowering is bringing up the people who are not at the bar we want to be. That is the definition of empowering to me. People that are already where they need to be, we don't necessarily need to empower them. We need to empower the ones that are not there. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Where, where are you on the camping, the anti-camping camping ordinance uh, that's been enacted in the city of Los Angeles? And now this is going all the way to the Supreme Court, so we may not have a choice soon. But how do you handle the unhoused and where they can or cannot sleep? It's a safety issue. And um, that's where I'm keeping it at. Um, at I won't put prioritize uh, politics over safety, right? And so I don't think it's safe for the campers or for the community to have them out there. So it's something that needs to be disrupted. So does that mean you support the anti-camping ordinance for the city of L.A.? Well, from what I understand of it, it's just, and you can, you know, if I have a bad understanding of it or a wrong understanding of it, you can explain. But it's just basically saying they're not going to allow or they will detain or break up people that are camping on the street yeah what it says is that council members can designate areas of Mm -hmm. their district as no camping zones and then people can be removed from those um from those places yeah i support that we do we can't have just people setting up wherever they want to go that's chaos but doesn't it criminalize the unhoused? I don't think it criminalizes them. It's already a crime to be in certain areas, right? You know, we, we, we have this thing about criminalizing things that are already a crime. Like, you know, prostitution is already a crime. We choose not to break those things up. But uh, many uh, times it's human right? trafficking. It might, you know what I mean? So we criminalize the sometimes children who are out there prostituting and not the people that are profiting off it or utilizing their services well we we want to break it up right Mm -hmm. and so ignoring it and driving by it is not the solution 
right? Because all it does is perpetrate it, right? If we break up the marketplace that it happens at and there is no marketplace for flesh, then you just don't have, you know, you have to go other ways, but we can't let it play out in the middle of our cities. Right. So um, how do you, how, what is your plan for helping the unhoused? If you're saying Mm -hmm. that you're going to support the Mm anti-camping ordinance, how, what's your plan for helping the unhoused? Certainly we see a huge number of black people. I think Mm -hmm. it's 30%, even though we're like seven or six, 7% of the city, 30% of unhoused are black folks. How do you help those folks? Well, I think we do need um, uh, facilities specific to uh, mental health and, uh, and substance abuse. And I think uh, Proposition 1 is trying to address some of those things now. But I, I've been an advocate for, for those things because just talking to some of the uh, local police officers, um, you know, I know I've been able to get kind of what their rules are and how they have to uh, address the homeless population. And for one, uh, a lot of these shelters have rules. Um, one, curfew, no substance abuse, uh, uh, no sexual activity, things of the sort. A lot of times the people that are on the street are the people that don't want to go along with the rules. And so we don't necessarily want to mix that. And then I don't necessarily want somebody who's drug addicted or has a mentally ill uh, uh, or struggling with mental health issues. I don't necessarily want them in a homeless shelter for like a single mother with two or three kids. So they need spaces specific to them so we can help them with their problems. Um, So the anti-camping ordinance it uh, it's forty one eighteen. It bans sitting, lying, sleeping, or keeping personal property within five hundred feet of sensitive facilities, schools, parks, libraries. But then, council members can say, "Okay, th- this is an anti camping area." I understand what you're saying about things being already being illegal, but they're only illegal if we say they're illegal. If right. We put those. We could say we could repeal forty one eighteen and make it. And have a different plan. Absolutely, and they, and that's where the legislating come in and comes in, and that's where looking at the problems, having an innovative approach to them, um, and being able to alter these things, and that's also listening to our constituents and the population. They're going to be screaming about what their problems are because they have to live with them every day. And um, if we keep a uh, accessible to them and we keep that open line of communication, then we can work on these solutions together. Um, so you said your top, your top priority is economic empowerment. What would you put at number two? Uh, number two would right now would probably be, um, kind of neck and neck is infrastructure and public safety. Cause I think they kind of go hand in hand. We have a lot of street lights out that are safety issues, potholes, uh, and you know, public safety and they, and, and they are, uh, exponent they're, how can I say exacerbated by the the fact that we have uh, public safety issues, the lights that are not on, et cetera, are, are making the public safety issue a bigger problem is what I'm trying to say. Would, would you have voted for the mayor's budget um, The she gave big increases uh, to in pay to police officers and and budgeted for an expansion of the LAPD Um would you have voted for that if you were sitting in council? No, I wouldn't have. Um, a huge part of our constituents have been screaming uh, to defund the police. Um, and when I, I'm not, and when I say defund the police, I'm meaning that al- allocate funds in other places, right? So they have a good budget. They're already almost 50% of the budget. Um, it's not that I would have just gave, I would have allocated that money in a different place. Even if we didn't defund the police, we did the opposite of that. We gave them even more money. So, that's what I mean when I say as far as our um, our elected officials, not necessarily, you know, really listening and hearing to what we're asking for. Um, what give me your one minute pitch why we should vote Jahan Epps Council District 8? Um, that's a good question. 
you know, I'm from I'm from here. I'm from the community. I'm very in touch with the community. Um, they always we're always asking for the youth, the, the youth, the young to get into politics. And this is what we're doing. We're taking a stand. We're taking our time to try to uh, make a difference in our community. And we would love to see that uh, supported. And I would specifically love to see you guys support that in me. So that's my little Okay, tell us like how to follow your campaign, how mm -hmm. if people want to volunteer or whatever, like that. Um, my campaign, you can follow me at uh www.jepps2024. You can follow me on my Instagram at j.epps2024. And lastly, uh, before I go, I just want to mention a program that we have going on called the uh, District 8 Rewards that we're launching uh, pretty much in the next couple of days and it's a program to help with economic empowerment and we've got a lot of businesses in the area to in order to help recycle money amongst our community and keep money locally we have a lot of businesses that agree to incentivize uh, local shoppers for shopping there for example never too much wireless down the street has agreed to give five dollars off every phone repair sloss and taco pete has agreed to give off eight percent every time you uh, visit uh, lash trap uh, black beverly hills clothing brand um, rich boy sports is going to do um, free training sessions for the first 30 minutes. So the list goes on and on, but we want to encourage people to keep their money here because right now we have to take m our money out of uh, the area for fine dining, roller skating, bars, lounges. We don't have all of that. So those even are the things food, we want to, yeah. even food. Yeah. So that's, those are the, all the things that we want to bring back into our uh, local area. And we want it as much as possible to be uh, community owned. You know, we want to recycle our money amongst each other. And I think that will begin to solve a lot of our problems economically, including being able to afford uh, uh, housing. Jahan Epps, thank you so, thank you much, so for much for coming for in. Me. It is jepps2024.com, right? Yes, ma'am. All right. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate the conversation. Thank you so much. And uh, it's time for Tavis Smiley. He is up next. I like to leave you with a quote. I'm going to Jesse Jackson. He says, if you fall behind, run faster, never give up, never surrender, and rise up against the odds. Uh, Katie Porter will be joining us tomorrow. She's trying to uh, get your vote for U.S. Senate. Tavis has got a great show on tap. I'll see you on social media, KBLA 1580 on all platforms, or DePrima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A, and then radio. History is now, and we are making it together. Until tomorrow, one love.